Number 10. It's James. And this is Sunshine on Issues, reports from the State House in Tallahassee. That was quick. Jack hit the road. A special master found probable cause that Senator Jack Lavella mistreated female state workers and lobbyists. The retired judge also pointed to evidence that the Senate Appropriation Chair traded votes for sex. 21 hours later, he was gone. Tallahassee's landmark building, the state capitol, one can't quite look at it in the same way anymore, can we? Our Harvey Weinstein moment keeps growing longer. There's talk on the street that more lawmakers will be named as sexual bullies. Also this week, two court rulings in cases involving that wide-ranging education bill approved in April. Ryan Daly will give us a capital city perspective on challenges to the Schools of Hope program. And if you're going to family court, all you may need is a smartphone. A new app helps you navigate the state's court system. Sunshine on Issues reports from the State House in Tallahassee. Episode 10 was produced December 21st. Hi, James Call, Tallahassee Democrat. Senator Latvella appeared caught off guard about Special Master Ronald Swanson's findings that there was evidence of a sexual quid pro quo relationship with a woman lobbyist. Tuesday night, Latvella went silent, said he would return to Tallahassee December 26th and would not comment until then. He resigned the next morning. Swanson found that Vala probably sexually harassed female workers on numerous occasions. He cited in an assault in an elevator, groping in Senate offices, a crying woman at a bar across from the Capitol, as well as the talk of votes in exchange for sexual favors. Senator Debbie Mayfield was a subject of a questionable comment Latvella made at a gathering of lawmakers, lobbyists, and other politicos this past summer in Maine. At that time, she mentioned that it was like no one had told Latvella that the rules regarding sex had changed. Treasure Coast writer Ali Schmidt talked with Mayfield Wednesday after Latvella had submitted his resignation to the Senate. I think he did the right thing. Um, I think the... Um the special master's um, um, decision that came out, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty telling um, on the cesspool that we have in Tallahassee right now. Um, and I think this is, uh, is something he should have done. Um, I'm sure that he's probably relieved now that he's done, especially with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he did the right thing. Now we can get on with the state, you know, we can get on with the state's business of what we need to do for this session. You use that term cesspool, and you're not the first woman that I've heard refer to Tallahassee as a cesspool. Or do you expect other politicians to be accused of sexual harassment? You know, I don't know. Look, this is it's, it's when people continue to do the same thing, and people start thinking it's the norm, and that is what has happened in Tallahassee. Um, it has become the norm. Of, of just examples of what you know of what you have read in the paper and um, and what has come out of out of this special master's um, ruling, um, it's not the norm. It's not the norm, and so we have to get back to to the to protecting the institution and what the quality of, of the elected officials are that go to Tallahassee to represent represent them. And if you see something, you should say something. But what's happened in the past is nobody would say anything. And it's just got to the past what 
you know, it just got to the point where it's like, well, nobody says anything, so it must be okay. And then you get to that point, and it's like, well, it's just the norm. Everybody does it, and it's okay. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know, people should be speaking up, and if they're approached in that manner, they should be saying, look, this is not appropriate. And if you do it again, then I'm going to report you. You know, and, and that goes for both sides. You know, if a lobbyist approaching a male um, legislator, the male legislator should say to that lobbyist, look, this is inappropriate. And I'm, you know, and, and if you do it again, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to have to, re- I'm going to have to report you. And it's the same way with the lobbyists or the staff members. If they feel like they're being, if anything happens that they feel that they're uncomfortable, then they need to be saying something about it. Because if you continue to let it happen, that's what people perceive as being the norm and that it's okay, when in fact it is not okay. The Lavalin spectacle casts a long shadow. Word is more lawmakers will be named. This is not an area where your humble correspondent walks, so I'm a lot like some of you, sitting here in shock at what has been revealed. The legislative session starts January 9th. That's less than three weeks. The Senate is in a weakened state. 2017 claimed three senators, and the House is led by a hands-on speaker who knows how to seize a moment. 2018 should be quite interesting. Speaker Corcoran scored a major legislative victory with House Bill 7069 in April. It was the subject of two court rulings this week. Nine school districts are seeking to block its implementation. It diverts hundreds of millions of dollars to the charter school industry, among other things. This week, the Supreme Court declined to hear whether the measure violates the Constitution's single-subject clause. It sent the case back to Leon Court to decide the issue. That was where the next day a circuit judge rejected the state's request to dismiss the lawsuit. So the battle against 7069 wages on in the courts, and opponents at the State House say they will continue to work to repeal, reform portions of it during 2018. Both supporters and opponents agree. The initiative is a game-changer in public education. Opponents charging it's a billion-dollar giveaway to the charter school industry. Ryan Daly, the Tallahassee Democrats education reporter, is here. Hello, Ryan. Hey, James. How are you doing? Leon County is not part of the suit. Give us the backstories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rocky Hanna, our local superintendent for Leon County, has been a longtime outspoken critic of 7069. Um, When uh, discussions for the 2017-18 Leon County Schools budget, um, many concerns about the bill were brought up. Uh, For instance, uh, cuts to base student allocation, that's the funding source for public school programs. Um, Hannah said that this bill takes flexibility away from the district in supporting its programs. Uh, For instance, it'll hamstring the ability to administer our Title I services. Um, It's not so much the amount of the funds, but the way the district can use them. They are allocated only a certain amount at the district office. And so it kind of restricts their ability to apply those funds in the way that is unique to to their district. Um, Also, you know, this is nicknamed the school choice bill. Um, It allows students to enroll essentially in any public school that hasn't reached capacity. Um, provided that they are coming from a school that uh, has a low enough school grade. It's um, also the School of Hope's bill. Right, there it's is. It's many things, and which is why the lawsuit. But Right. Uh, and so, you know, super, in, in April, Superintendent Hanna said that since the legislation passed, the district had received over 3,000 requests for student reassignment. 
and the supporters for public education, they, they view HB 7069 as a giveaway to the charter school industry. It, it allows for-profit management companies to take over schools in low-performing districts, uh, low-performing schools in, in, in poorer neighborhoods. Is that a concern here in Leon? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what it's taking is those capital outlay dollars. Um, so, you know, Leon County, we had set aside more than 360000 um, in capital improvement and expenses for 2017-18. Um, and, you know, so uh, that, that was for charter schools, that $360,000, that's, that's capital outlay money set aside for charter schools. And, you know, Superintendent Hannah, like I said, has been... Uh, you know, very, very direct in confronting that. Um, you know, there's this public money that's going to, mm -hmm. you know, like you say, private management companies. Last session, Rocky Hanna, the superintendent, and Rosemary Woods, a uh, school board member, they were down there at the Capitol. They were testifying against this bill in committee hearings and, and talking to reporters afterwards in the hallways. Do you see that uh, happening again? Is, is, is Leon going to drop its opposition or are they going to mean? remain part of the coalition and continue to fight. There is absolutely no way, in my opinion, they drop their opposition to, to 7069. I mean, it's something that is a resounding, um, you know, it's kind of a consensus in within, uh, you know, the school board, um, you know, and Superintendent Hannah especially. Um, so I think that you will uh, continue to see them uh, kind of raising red flags about it and, mm -hmm. and uh, hoping for a lifeline. So, so I'm getting the sense talking to you here that the reason why Rocky Hanna didn't join the lawsuit was just financial. Why spend the money when, when, when you have a handful of districts leading the fight and stand back and cheer them on and, and provide the moral support, but dollars are tight here in Correct, and yeah, that has come up in discussion. It seems like the uh, the financial and time investment of that litigation is why they're kind of uh, apprehensive uh, to join the lawsuit, but you'll absolutely see support for the districts that have uh, joined that coalition. Hey, Ryan, we're going to be following this story throughout the session, and we're going to have you back, okay, man? All right, awesome, thank you. A new phone app can help the tens of thousands of low-income Floridians who must defend themselves in family court because they can't afford a lawyer. The Florida Courts Help app provides access to information and documents needed to divorce, seek a protection order, adopt, and other family law matters. The app was developed by the state court administrator as part of an initiative by the Florida Commission on Access to Civil Justice. Here's Commissioner Gregory W. Coleman at a news event announcing its availability. It starts with the premise that, and, and, and we recognize this very early on, it starts with the premise that the legal profession is the only profession in the world that provides the level of free legal help that this profession provides. And the numbers, I think, last year were about 1.9 million hours that Florida lawyers donated to help folks. Plus another, and if you just translate that at like, you know, a $250 hourly rate, that's half a billion dollars worth of time. That's not an insignificant number. And they also contributed another, you know, $10 million or $15 million to legal aid in some form or fashion. That is just making a small dent in the 85% of our citizens that when they get divorced or have a family law issue are self-represented because 
there's not enough free legal work that lawyers can do and there's not enough money to help them so we need to figure out a way to make it simpler for them to navigate the system and that's the underlying premise it really is rather simple that's our report this week from the state house in tallahassee as always sunshine on issues is produced by ashley white for the tallahassee democrat and the usa today network florida we're taking next week off as you well know most everyone in florida is from elsewhere so a lot of people clear out and go back to where they came from for Christmas and the year-end holiday. That will leave Tallahassee to the rest of us, and we're going to enjoy it with family. One son is finishing up his first season with the Washington Redskins in the front office, not on the field, and I'm sure will regale us with his adventures in the big city. The other son will pause and provide an update on his mission to take over state government. You know, tales from the campaign trail. There is a gubernatorial race going on. We'll put together a big antipasto because despite the name, we're Italiano. Spin a few yarns, have a few laughs, and talk to you again next year. But before we go, for our Florida family, Sunshine on Issues gives the final word of 2017 to the chief. Chief executive, that is, Governor Rick Scott. As always, thank you for your time, my friend. Until next year, Governor, I want to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah, a Merry Christmas, and a wonderful 2018. I hope everybody's had a good 2017.